Alrighty, so in this wacky and wild, topsy-turvy, crazy, zany world of Major League Rugby, things can change on a dime, and they have. After we basically finished this show, done with the editing, dispersal draft information started to leak out, here's what we know. The first four picks were Toronto players. Miami took Tyler Wong, Dallas took Mitch Richardson, Chicago took Mason Flesh, and L.A. took Tyler Rowland. Uh, Nola then took Teofilo Ed Fido out of New York. They also took, via Utah, Nate Augsburger, who I think is going to end up in Chicago. Houston passed. They didn't take anybody. D.C. took Connor Buckley out of New York. Seattle took Chance Wayne Glusky out of New York, who was, a, who was not a free agent. San Diego took Charlie Hewitt out of New York. New England took Caleb Geiger out of New York. I think that could be the best pickup of the draft. Other rounds have Chicago taking Brad Tucker out of New York. D.C. taking John Powers out of New York. L.A. taking J Jason Emery out of New York. L.A. taking Andrew Coe out of New York, Nola taking Tom Franklin, who was out of New York, not San Diego, and San Diego taking Chris Matina. Now, these players may or may not end up with these clubs. They may be traded. There's still stuff going on, and there's a whole slew of players that I don't know about at this time. But what my intel tells me about 40 players out of 68 were drafted. We'll see what happens. But now, let's get back to the show. Next on MLR Weekly, Seattle Seawolves owner Adrian Balfour, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News with dispersal draft stuff, and John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning with trades, rumors, and whatnot. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City, the world's best rugby pub, and lean and limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. tuning into this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Good to see you, Matt McCarthy, in New York City. And we have a great show for you this week, including owner of the Seattle Seawolves and not-so-shy Adrian Balfour. We should get some interesting tidbits out of him on all the hot topics. We have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Uh, we're going to go through the dispersal draft. And before we get to any of it, as per usual, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, welcome back to MLR Weekly. What do you got for us? Hey, uh, Tommy DeVito, what's with the hat and why are you wearing it? Hey, uh, I'm wearing it like this because things have gone sideways in the MLR. Dylan the Butcher Fawcett, my, one of my favorite players ever to Don Cleats, the Butcher is taking his meat shop and Cleaver to Chicago. It's just, it's just impossible. Chicago, you're going to love the guy. He's, he's going to be the face of your franchise within 15 minutes. But, man, do I miss him more. And now the wound just feels like salt's in it. Next! Well, Matt, folks across the corporate world may be starting to send those let's talk in the new year messages, but moves are happening across MLR. Of course, the biggest moves will be what happens with that New York and Toronto player dispersal draft which I'm sure you'll cover with America's favorite Canadian, Mr. Brian Ray, later in this episode. But here are some more notable moves. You mentioned that Chicago signed Dylan Fawcett. You may ask, how were they able to get him before the player dispersal draft started? Hey, how were they able to get him before the player dispersal draft? 
Well, Matt, because he was not under contract for New York in 2024. What do you make of that? The ink wasn't dry on the contract, probably because he, he held that pen out of suspicion. Uh, Chance Wengluski's another guy in that category. And up north, I don't know if it was out of suspicion or looking around and seeing uh, no Gatorade in the in the fridge, but Lucas Rumble is also a free agent. So these three guys are not going into this, the dispersal giraffe next hey a big move out on the west coast the san diego legion have signed usa men's eagle greg peterson you may know that he's on a short-term loan with glasgow warriors but he'll make his first appearance in mlr in 2024 matt that is big news what do you think of that yes the usa eagles uh veteran lock he is a moose a great addition uh on and off the pitch greg is the kind of guy that does all of those things that don't show up in a box score. He does all the engine work, all the dirty work. He logs a ton of minutes, and he's like six six foot seventy, and two hundred and sixty pounds of just falling on you and killing you during a game. Great pickup, but I guess he's 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 like, he's like a giraffe, but he must he must eat like an elephant because there's only peanuts left. I'm, as far as I'm looking at salary. Next. Hey, Matt, a couple more moves to call out here. The Houston Sabercats, they have re-signed a couple of players, two South Africans, scrum half Carlo DeNyson and Lock Marno Redling-Heiss. Noel Gold, they have re-signed young center Jordan Jackson. Hope and Old Glory DC, they have signed, re-signed, excuse me, young hooker Koi Koi Nelligan. What do you make of those moves, Matty boy? I like him, I like him. And, uh, you know, speaking of the last one, Koi Koi Nelligan, Army, uh, he's one of the guys that got the special dispensation to go play pursue this uh, professional rugby career, career before uh, signing. His, his teammate is Colin Gross. Two great kids, great men, uh, and representatives of this country and rugby. Next! Matt, last thing here. I saw this interesting article that mentioned there may be a MLR team or a rugby team based in Monterey, Mexico, that may enter MLR in 2025. Matt, Monterey, Mexico, huh? You're a fan of classic crooners. Complete this song lyric for me. It happened in Monterey, in old A long Mexico. time ago, it happened in Monterey. I met her in Monterey, in old Mexico. It's all blue eyes, and he's from Hoboken, and that's where some of my best memories with Rugby, Rugby New York were in Hoboken. Thanks for just putting more salt in the wound, John. What else you got? Matt, that's all I got. This segment needs to go swim with the fishes. I'm out of here. All right. On that note, I want to thank Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. We'll be right back with Adrian Balfour, the owner of the Seattle Seawolves, after this. Digs like a demented mole there. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we're back with Mr. Adrian Balfour, 
owner of the Seattle Seawolves, Adrian. Welcome back to MLR Weekly. Hey, thanks, Matt. Good to be here. First question out of the gate for you, Mr. Balfour. What happened with New York? Matt, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm just happy to have survived this current year. So Seattle are moving forward into their seventh season, and we're just pretty happy about that. Um, With New York, um, you know, COVID hit, um, and there's a long tail to COVID. You know, the, the impact of that goes on and on and on. And, you know, the longer it goes, the harder it is for teams to survive. Um, and if you want a team to survive, you got to have a very healthy base home environment with lots of fans and with a home stadium. And I think New York had uh, four bases over the sort of like five, six years that, that I remember. Um, I've been to most of them. Uh, it's hard when you're moving around like that um, to keep a, a loyal um, base of fans and to get them to turn out week on week. You need revenue, you know, from ticket sales. And if that doesn't come, you're, you're vulnerable. So, and, and it really hit right between my eyes because I'm here in New York and worked with the organization, uh, called the games. Uh, in it, and it's just one story after the next of Carnage. And as I was saying on the show last week to Nate Augsburger and Chris Matina, it doesn't really hit you as hard until it happens in your own city. You know, it's like watching the news and something happened in Wisconsin or something happened elsewhere. But when it hits, it hits hard. And, you know, I now know what they're going through in Toronto, which was devastating. But the one thing about New York is the guys and the team and the resources and the office and the rest of the guys in New York are all really good people. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be long before New York bounces back. Um, take a look at L.A. L.A. were out for like one, two seasons and now they're back. You know, you know New York is coming back. It's just a matter of time, you know, just, you know. The next iteration, I think, is going to have to have a very solid home. Um, you know, the team is pretty much, you know, that the people that know rugby in New York are kind of assembled and ready to go. So for a future owner coming in, that's actually a really good market. Um, it is. So I don't think it's going to be long before that snapped up because the DNA is there. All the hard work is done. So, you know, get that DNA together and, and get a good ownership group together. And I think it'll take off. It'll be, what do you think the well, chances of 2025 having a New York franchise are? I, you know, I'll put it 50-50. And, and all right, let's piggyback that a little bit. I was going to move mm-hmm. on to L.A. and we, we'll get to L.A. in a second. But yeah, what's World Rugby's view of New York and Toronto fading? I haven't talked to Alan or any of the guys in New York and World Rugby yet. I think they've got uh, some other fish to fry, to be honest. Um, but from my understanding, um, they're focused on the problems that they have. Um, they're focused on their agenda. I don't think it really matters to them. You know, we're, we're, we're growing and moving forward. You know, there are new teams looking to come into MLR. Um, so, you know, things like this happen. It's to be expected in a startup. Um, I've been in the startup world for 30 years, um, done six companies, um, it's never a straight line. It's always serpentine, you know, it's it zigzag. Um, you know, things happen, shocks happen, you absorb them, you move forward. Um, and that's what we're doing. And so the league is, I think, better run than ever over the last year or two. It's really, the league office has been really, you know, stepping up to the challenge and really running things pretty well. Um, in my humble opinion, just having been there from the start, like being there from like, minus one, you know, to today. 
Um, I think it's it's way better run. Um, I think the relationship with World Rugby is good. Relationship with USA Rugby now is really good too. So, you know, it's about us trying to grow domestic rugby in North America. That's the bottom line. Um, and that's where our focus is going to be. All right, let's go to L.A. They made a capital call, as far as my intel tells me. Uh, they've they've shown financials. They've got a good organization. Yet, mm-hmm. again, social media will have you think that they're not involved or there's something wrong. Can That's you- why I try not to read social media very much, you know. Um, you just go back in history, right? So Atlanta was set up, okay, by a group of people, one particular owner. And unfortunately, that owner passed away, okay? So a similar situation to Toronto. Um, it was then picked up by another owner in MLR on a temporary basis to make sure that that team could survive. Um, And that owner has been working hard to keep that team in the game and not go under. And then eventually that that owner found another group of people that would be willing to invest, but they wanted to move the team to LA. Um, And so, you know, Eric, you know, was working. Eric Anderson of the Free Jacks. Yeah, the Free Jacks. He he supported Atlanta for 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 a season or two to help them through this sort of like current period. Um, he found an ownership group in LA. They're um, willing to work with him um, and and take the team on. And the team is, you know, unfortunately for the folks in Atlanta, the team is going to have to relocate to LA. But the team that they have in LA, they're going to run that organization. Seems strong. They've made their capital call, which is the big litmus test. Um, and they are in the draft. They are ready to go, and they're going to play next season. All right. So you said draft. The dispersal draft is what you're referring to of players That's in right. Toronto and New York. Yeah. Um, this show is being taped basically the day of the draft being made. What happens to players that don't want to go to a, a particular club that may or may not draft them and then don't get any interest elsewhere? Yeah, so I think they there there is a program, and I don't I'm not specific on the details, but there is a program the league has about severance, where they will get uh, a portion of their salary paid out. Um, the the, the um, you know, and I think the teams that pick up players um, through the draft will get um, you know salary cap increases to allow them to pay those players the the delta, um, and so they won't be penalised for picking up players. Um, which I think is a big deal. Um, you know, that money still has to come from somewhere, right? So individual owners, you know, are not billionaires or gazillionaires like people think. It, these are just individual owners of the teams are ordinary people, right? They got houses, livelihoods. They don't have buckets of cash sloshing Some around. of them are farmers. Some of them are farmers, yeah. As yeah, you are, you've truly. been up since 5 a.m. this morning and feeding all the animals and then coming on the show, which is remarkable to me because I'm all puffy-eyed early. Yeah, on. no, you just get out there. Not, nothing like a bunch of sheep's bottoms in the morning to make you wake up. So, you know. <laughs> Tumbling. So, keeps, you, keeps you grounded. Keeps you grounded, right. So, um, But they're ordinary people, right? So that money still has to come from somewhere. So, you know, we don't want teams to be, you know, we talked about this like, Five, six years ago, we don't want teams to be under financial stress because they'll they'll fold, you know. So we've got to make sure that there's a balance there, that the salaries don't get out of control um, and t- more teams go bankrupt. I mean, that's the big risk here. Will Seattle draft any players? Seattle, yeah, of course. 
you know, Seattle is consistently strong year in, year out. And we um, like to push for the playoffs and we like to push for the final. So obviously we're going to make sure we've got depth in the squad. Um, and if there's good players available, which there are, then we're going to make a play for them. Are we going to be able to outbid other teams for those players? I, I just don't know. What, what do you think of the season coming up? Look, you know, I, I would not get depressed about the season coming up, to be honest. I Wait, think it's it's very... too soon for me, pal. It's too I know. soon for me. Just don't, don't, don't get depressed about it. Like, you know, you've got two teams that went out. Is that bad? Yes. Are, is the league trying to do their best to help domestic players get onto other teams uh, and get settled? Yes. Is that a good process? It's never going to be a good process, ever, right? But they're trying to make the best of it. Um, once we get players on site in January, they're going to get into the trading programs. Things are going to start to pick up. And when the whistle blows in March, you know, it's going to be a really good season. From what I've seen of the player caliber coming into each of the new te- each of the teams this season, I actually think there's going to be a 20-30% step up in the quality of performance on the field. And I think that is going to drive fans into stadiums and that is going to help the teams be more robust and that's going to help a better TV experience. And then that in turn is going to help other teams decide, okay, let's jump in. Um, the, the league is totally solid. I, I have no worries as a seven-year investor in Major League Rugby. I mean, I've been investing in Major League for over seven years. Um, and as a seven-year serial investor, um, I have never been more happy about the fact that we are getting further and further away from COVID. I think the players uh, talking about unionization is has hurt the, the, the Toronto and New York potential investor groups. If I have a room, would you be would you be willing to come into that room with, say, a Michael Young and a Nick Chavetta and whomever else is representing that side, along with the representatives of your side, to try to hammer this thing out? Matt, you know me. I'll talk to anyone, right? You know, I'm happy to have a conversation about rugby and anything. I just think that the them and us type atmosphere that these sort of situations can create is negative overall for rugby. Um, I also think if the perspective is that it's a them and us situation, that might mean that people that are on the sidelines waiting to get in might think twice. Mm. And that is my perspective. Um, I think there is some evidence behind that. Um, but, you know, why don't we just kind of like work together um, and try and work together to grow the game? Um, maybe a players association to take a look at how you care for players outside of the season. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Everyone could support that. Let's just make let's just make baby steps and try and move forward together. All right. All right, so the, I'm going to take that as the, the long answer to a yes that you will come in that room if I can if I can set this thing up. I'll talk to anyone, Matt. You know All that. Right. All right, Mr. Adrian Balfour, thank you once again for coming on MLR Weekly. Thank you. Keep smiling. It's going to be a good season. Don't stress yeah. about it. I'm an ultimate. I'm an ultimate optimist, a eternal optimist. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep smiling. I'll keep smiling. It's going to be good. And New York, you know, 2025, 2026. It's going to come back. Don't worry about it. All right, buddy. Mr. Adrian Balfour will be right back with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, whose backgrounds never disappoint. We'll be right back. I wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that. 
If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? game improves on a daily basis here in the United States and there'll be a chuck full of MLR stars coming out of the National Collegiate Rugby Championships in Houston. Yours truly was there. Here's a little peek. State does not draw the penalty. They're up and here comes Price. Price looking at the line. Charles Price, the freshman, touched it down. And we're back, and we're back with Mr. Brian Ray, whose backdrops never seem to uh, disappoint. Brian, welcome to MLR Weekly once again, my friend. These are rough days for rugby fans in the Northeast, and I guess I should be sending my condolences to you this week after, you know, you were pretty much uh, helping me get through that struggle the last time we did this. You know, uh, the the ink is not yet dried on my tattoo of the New York logo with the cheeseburger under the NY, Wimpy's cheeseburger under the NY, and I, it's still too fresh, Brian, but we can commiserate. You went through it, so maybe, you know, you're my counseling. But we have a macabre sense of humor here. Let's talk about what's in front of us now instead of what's behind us. The dispersal draft of players between Toronto and New York that can be picked amongst the other teams. Uh, it's going to come out the minute after this show publishes. So all we can do is speculate. Well, I mean, the first thing, you know, you got to take into account here is not everybody's going to be in the dispersal draft. Uh, I I'm hearing of those who were eligible that almost everybody opted in. A couple names opted out. Uh, one of them, people may have heard of Aaron Cruden. He won't be taking, but I don't think that's any surprise to anybody. It sounds like Chance Wingluski and Lucas Rumble, who certainly would have been 
you know, guys you would think would be high up in this draft, also free agents. Well, they're better so they off kinda... as free agents, you know. And yeah. I, and, I, and I think with Dylan, he was suspicious of things, as he is suspicious by nature. And uh, I think he was wise, and, I, and his gamble paid off. And, that, and that's not to say that there weren't there wasn't a contract ready to go. Right. Right. You know, but I think he was like looking at what was going on. Yeah, there's there's a lot of talent. That but there's going to be players that there's going to be some no demand players as well, and there's going to be a lot of them. Obviously, not everybody's going to be able to find a home. Uh, most of these teams have done uh, the bulk of their recruiting already. They're going to have you know two, maybe three spots on their roster open, and most of them are going to be really position specific, right? So. You know, the guys in those those positions where it's hard to find, especially the tight five, will be in high demand and the back line, maybe not so much. So, yeah, and, and, and the other situation is with the, you know, the guys, say the import players, the international players, particularly going to, to Toronto, where they would have had a visa maybe to play in Canada, but not in the United States. So that's another complicated Forget factor. Forget about it. Yeah, and the import limit hasn't changed at all for the remaining team. So out of spaces uh, to, to fit them in. You know, I think a couple of them will still get signed anyways, but uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some guys uh, who, who don't find homes. I could see one of three players going up to New England, and I've been told by New England they're only interested in one player. So there's there's some breaking news. They're only looking at one player, but I could see either an Andrew Coe, a, 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 a Flesh, or a Caleb Geiger going up there. I think if they're picking one, it'll be Tucker or Flesh. I don't think they will. Uh, I think they're stocked a prop in the front row. I don't think they'll take Geiger. Uh, and I can't see them well, take as good as Cole is. I, I think, number one, he's probably a little bit uh, too expensive for their needs. They've got outside backs that can fill in there. I think they've got wings or fullbacks, though. And I, I just think with, with the three specialist locks, uh, they've got, uh, you know, they have Piers von Donaldson as well, who can, he's a, another lock six type, but I think they need another body there. So I would be frankly shocked if it wasn't Flesh or Tucker. And if I had to pick, it would probably be Flesh just because I think Tucker will probably go higher and, and Flesh is a bit younger and he fits that whole Canadian vibe they've got going on there. So well, yeah, if we're going to speculate, think, we'll how, how long do you think Geiger will be on the table? Not long. Not So again, if they're so, picking at 11, I don't think Geiger's going to last that long. Well, if he does, guy, I, I bet you they grab him. I bet if they if if he does, if and I don't think he will. I think he's going to come off the board pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think Dallas does? Uh, I mean, Dallas is they've they've got a lot of their of imports, right? So they'll be looking domestic. I think front row. I think they would love to have Chance Wangluski if they can get him. Tyler Rowland. They would look at him certainly as a tight head prop from the Arrows. Uh, you know, they've, they've got Kyle Steves, and a Canadian, and one Pablo Zeiss, but it can never have too many. Yeah, Dallas would, would like to have Wingluski. I think they'd love to have Andrew Coe. I think they'd love to have Chris Matina as well. Uh, you know, any of those guys would be would be good fits for them. They could really use a domestic 10-15 type. Matinez are the good versatility. What about Matina going back to Chicago? That would be interesting. I don't know if he fits there anymore. They got Adrian Carl, so, I mean, that was kind of supposed to be his replacement. Um if you look at the roster, I think there's room for them. They've only, uh, you know, I don't know who else they've got at 10 aside from you know, Cardi Tina and Carlson. Tina said on the show last week, it's like he's he can never get settled. He finally felt like he was coming back. He was home. He had a position. He had got, got, finally got the contract. And now everything is up in the air for him again. And he's like, he's a mush. It's him and, and Brooklyn, Brooklyn Hardick are the only two players in the league that have gone through it with two teams.
Any final final word, Brian? I hope as many guys find new homes as possible. I know certainly the Toronto and New York fans will want to see those guys succeed, even though they're playing for other clubs. So I think we just got to get through this phase and get through this turbulence, get guys settled and start looking at the, the new season. And, uh, you know, come March when it all starts up again, we're just going to feel terrible again that our teams aren't playing. All right. On that note, I want to thank Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Always entertaining and insightful. Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning's Coffee Break and Mr. Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves. And thank you for tuning in again. Please tell your friends about us. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Watch our other programs, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds, College Rugby Wrap-Up. Sign up for our weekly newsletter and please join our American Red Cross blood donor team. <laughs>